after you sent out your first mailer, how did you deal with the idle time? Hmm. I don't think he's looking for a hobby. I think he's, <laughs> I mean, maybe we could give him some hobbies. But. Okay, sure. Go to the casino. No, go I'm, the don't casino. go to the casino. Welcome to Turning Profit, a podcast for people that love real estate. Learn the business models and skills that professional real estate investors use to make money and build wealth. Visit turningprofit.com for a wealth of investor resources. And now, here are your hosts, Pete and Heather Reese. Welcome to the Turning Profit Podcast. Well, welcome. Yes. Great to be here again, right, Did Heather? Did I say that super fast? You did. It's okay. We can slow it down in post-editing. Okay, that sounds good. Well, today's going to be... <laughs> Welcome to... I know. Yeah. Today is going to be a pretty big episode, and I think that you can tell because I have my... Little... Your notes? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So don't mind me. Um, or are you texting someone? You... Oh, I guess we'll never know. Okay. Huh? I think it's my notes. Um, okay. But I'm going to do the kind of like, you know, I'll be the questioning person today. I'll be the interviewer. Okay. If it's okay. And of course, sure. I'll, I'll interrupt you a bunch. Don't worry. That'll still happen. So. Okay. But so I want to start... Okay. This is going to be all about what? Well, it's going to be answering your burning land investing questions. Um, we've pulled a lot of these questions today from our land investing group that we recently have kicked off. Our community, if you our will. Our community. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, you're right. A community is a much better name than group. So anyhow, it is a community that we're building of land investors. So some people are already established in land investing and some people are just getting started. Or some people are interested in like thinking about maybe getting started with land investing. So we created a community for everyone to come together. And there's a, there's a big component that's going to be added very shortly, which is a full training program along with that that's going to be provided for absolutely free, created by yours truly. Right, you just took my thing. My oh. next question was, well, and how much will it cost? Uh, it's free. It'll be free. And is it going to be like just kind of a garbage, you know, cheapo course? No, it's not, Heather. <laughs> I kind of was you offended this is a, by that? No, this is, I feel this is a leading question because, <laughs> which is good because, Yes, my goal is to make it the absolute best training program out there, regardless of, of any sort of cost. I know there's a lot of other training programs out mm -hmm. there that cost various amounts. This one will be absolutely free, and it's going to be everything that we do in our land flipping business to make it work. Now, Pete Reese, why would you give something away for free? I know it doesn't make a lot of sense on the surface, but trust me, we will still do okay in this process. Uh, I know by creating this community, by creating this training program, that we're going to have a lot of opportunities come our way. A lot of, um, we'll meet a lot of cool people. We'll uh, get a lot of opportunities as a result, partnering on deals possibly. Uh, in addition, we will likely add a premium uh, mentorship program down the road, not right at the beginning here, but if there's a demand for it, we'll add a premium mentorship program where, you know, there will be additional services that we can provide and to help you along your journey. Some people can get away with doing everything themselves. Some people would like a little bit extra service or a lot of extra service, and uh, we'll likely have that option as well. So that's kind of the roadmap, I guess you could say. But for right now, everything is going to be free. This complete training program is going to be free, and we're kind of excited about it. Yeah, I mean, I think that what we've learned, because we've done courses before, mm -hmm. is that the more value you provide, you know, you're taking care of on the other side. So, right. And the goal with this course is, and why you're- you Training know, program. I'm sorry, your training program right. is that you're not, you're not just like throwing something together. You're no. like, that's why it's taking time. It's like, and also you still run the, you know, land investment company. So it's not like you can just 
that's the big constraint. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> my so, days are spent evaluating properties and doing all that stuff. But right. Uh, so you're creating this. What are you, <laughs> I just keep training like, program. Like, is that weird? Like, training like, program says, sounds so much better than course. I know because but that's it's like, much more than a course. Right. Exactly. So. You're training. So when the goal is that someone's going to take your training program mm-hmm. and now I'm going to laugh every time <laughs> okay. I say it and they are going to be able to start. They're going to jump ahead to where you are now, not have to start where you were when you started, right? Exactly. And you're not holding yeah. back and it's going to be completely, you're you're literally giving away to all of it. But the thing is that if someone is successful using your training program, then if we do offer other options later, you know what I mean? They're going to have the funds to do it and they're going to see the value in it. Exactly. I, I think it's just an interesting concept. I kind of, I really like it. I'm and, excited and they'll hopefully that. tell other people about this great free training program they mm-hmm. got. And and everyone that gets results and, and does well in this business is going to, you know, it'll, it'll accelerate. So okay, that's, that's the goal. You need to say, what's my favorite thing? Like a rising. Uh, I think it's a rising tide raises all ships. Thank you. Thank you. And I think that's, that's the case, you know, mm-hmm. and and there's room, for, there's always room at the top, like for everyone to succeed. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm excited about that. I didn't even have that on my notes, but I just okay. needed to jump in there. Um, okay. So I want to start with, you know, so we're going to answer all the questions that we've been getting in the community. And I know people have been leaving questions on YouTube. Maybe we'll get through, you know, some of those, whatever, but we have a, a bunch of them. So um, we're going to do a little bit of rapid fire. So if I go like, this okay. that's cutting you off. Okay. I'm just kidding. But but, um, but people listening on audio, she made this this <laughs> this gesture like she head. was cutting off my cutting my ne- neck or something. <laughs> it's like the universal like cut, yeah. you know. <laughs> Anyways, I'm sorry that I needed to explain that to okay. you more, but so I want to start with the most asked question that like we're asked personally. Mm. And yeah. we've gotten this for I don't I mean since we've been married really. And it's, why are you with Pete? Why are you with Pete? I know. <laughs> what What were you thinking? No. <laughs> oh, that wasn't. No. Okay. Thankfully, that wasn't one. It's um, because from the beginning, we have been in business together, right? Mm-hmm. And so they always want to know, like, how? Like, because I mean, 23 years in, we're still, I think, happily. I don't I don't like to say that because it's like, you know, everyone who then gets a divorce is like, oh, but he's the best. Oh, okay. Were you so, thinking about something? No, or? but okay. I don't want to, you know, jinx anything. Okay. So I'm pretty happy. I'm I'm happy. Let's say that. So I think that our number one thing is um, division of labor. Would you say that? Mm, yes. Yes. Very important. Right. So you, I stay in my lane. You stay in your lane. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean that we don't like jump into each other's lane and be like, I don't, you know, right. whatever. Um, so, And we can talk all about that in a whole different podcast. Right. But in the realm of land investing, what are our roles? How, sure. how does it work? And also, do you need to have two people to make it successful? You don't. Go okay. on. Yes. Yeah. So I'll answer the second part first. Yes. You do not need two right. people to make it successful. Mm-hmm. It's easier for us and it allows us to maybe grow quicker because we've got two people that I think are pretty competent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the I know you is, are, me, you know, well, yet to be decided. Still out now. <laughs> but the reality is that when it actually comes to the land investing, I don't, I'm not, you know, I love real estate. I love talking about real estate and we talk about it all the time. But in the day to day aspect, it's you. And well, you have a team of people. Exactly. But yeah. when we first started, it was just you, mm-hmm. right? right? So, yeah, so take it away. My responsibilities with this company are, number one, getting as many deals together as we can, evaluating properties, deciding on which ones we're going to buy, helping to manage the team uh, underneath me so everyone does their role in an efficient way and the way that we want it done. So I'm kind of the property end of things, you know, deciding which properties are a good deal, what something's worth, you know. You know, we've got people on our team that help us with that, but it's it's kind of the the confirmation ab- above that to just make sure we're we're doing the right things. On, At the on end this. of the day, it's you. It, yeah, yeah. It's, you know? it's 
it's me that's ultimately responsible for whether these are good deals or we're buying bad deals or, you know, those types of things. Mm-hmm. And then obviously um, my kind of uh, role is putting together this training program as well. So right. the, another big project that we've been working on. But the day-to-day thing is the land business. I mean, it keeps me completely busy. Right. And I mean, I think if I jumped into that and, and helped out, we could, you can always use more people. Right. The more people, the the faster the success. But the reality is I don't do the day-to-day on that. So I send wires. I do the business side of things, the banking, bookkeeping, I don't know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, Insurance. You're, you're the, the, yeah, you're the kind of the part of the business that people mm-hmm. don't see, but it's very, very essential. Right. Oh, that's very nice of you to say. And I like doing, um, finding like multifamily, like once we make the money where we keep it, I think that's mm-hmm. exciting. So I like doing that side of things. But I think it's important to note that it's very feasible and most land investors probably are just a single person. Right. But if you have somebody that could take on different aspects, it's only, you know, it only is better. Like it, it doesn't hurt. Yeah, for sure. Well, the interesting thing, I'm uh, sorry to cut you off, but the interesting no, thing not. about this business <laughs> is that you can kind of, you don't have to start, you know, we're at where we're at right, right now. It's not, it's not really feasible unless you've mm-hmm. got like a big budget to start with and then just like. But even then it would be, I think you shouldn't. Right. Like I would ramp it up once you understand it. Right. And we ramped it up. Right. I mean, we gradually did deals. I mean, our first year we did pretty well, but it ended up. You know, I think we did 1.2 million and some change. And then the, the second full year, we did three and a half million and change. So we were able to gradually ramp this up. This year, we're projecting to do 10 million. So I don't know. You can start it slow, like um, yourself and maybe an assistant or something like that, helping you with some of those things if you want. And then you can gradually add on the team members and kind of start farming out some of those roles that you don't like to do that right. are not in your wheelhouse maybe and will allow you to grow the company bigger and bigger. Yeah. Okay. And then one last thing I wanted to add to that is if you do decide to do this with a partner, one of the things that's worked the best for us just in business and even just our family business, meaning like our family life is that if one of us is very, very adamant about something, mm, yes. you know what I mean? I think. And so if you're like, we all defer, like if you came and you were like, we just, I, I don't even have an example, but something that really meant a lot to you. Right. And it really doesn't mean that much to me. I'd be like, whatever, even if I didn't agree. Right. Mm -hmm. And same for you. It's not, this is just, unless it's something like, I mean, huge. Right. That wouldn't make sense. If it's, if it's a property, for instance, and I say, Heather, this is a home run. We have to buy this property and everything like that. Normally you would, you would say, okay, I I trust you. I don't think I've ever said no. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've might've said before I told you not to. (laughs) <laughs> but I mean, but even then, actually, I'm the opposite because you'll be like, oh, we only made X amount on that one. And you'll almost kind of get down on yourself. And I'm like, really? Like, that's that's actually I like that money. And I like money. Right. right. So and it doesn't happen often, but I'm the one having to tell you, like, hey, you didn't lose money, right. you know, and you made X amount. That's still like, you know, I'll ask you, like, 20 years ago, would you have been happy with that? And you'd be like, uh, yeah. And I'm like, OK. Right. You know, but I think that's important. So if you are going to go into this with a partnership, you need to establish you know, who, what your lane you're going to be in one, you know, one person's going to be responsible for paperwork. One person's going to do this. And if you're going to come together on your purchases and decide what to buy, you need to have that kind of like maybe a veto power where both you have to agree to it. Yeah. That's, that's a really good idea. You know, something, but I would just say it has to be very, very clear and you need to have kind of like a constitution for your partnership, maybe in life in general. Anyways. Okay. So good stuff. (laughs) Good stuff. Uh, I'll be executing our um, constitution for our family starting soon. Okay. Um, But let's get into some questions. I have these pulled up now. These are questions from our community. Correct. Yep. This is actually. By the way, link below this video. 
if you're watching it on YouTube. Yeah, and ask more because if this is kind of actually fun to do because this is what people really want to know. Mm-hmm. I like going depth, you know, in depth on things, but this is what's like going to help them right away to get their right. businesses up and going. Okay, so Abby says using a HELOC for funding. Does anyone have experience using a HELOC or other line of credit for funding to start? I'm anxious to get in the game and would uh, like to privately fund my first deals. This seems like a good option, but am I overlooking anything? Thanks. I think it's a great option uh, in a lot of situations to use a HELOC or some other source of financing in order to fund your own deals. Mm-hmm. It allows you to accelerate your results a lot quicker. You know, There's two options basically in this business. You can either buy properties with all your own money or you can take on a money partner and then in most of those cases, you're going to be splitting the profits 50-50. So obviously, if you're using your own money, you'll be able to accelerate your results a lot quicker. It's not, it's not essential right, by any means, but it's, uh, if you want to grow really quickly, uh, it's, it's a good way to do it, especially if you've got access to funds in some way. And uh, you know whether that's a HELOC, whether that's some sort of business line of credit or some other you know, solution like that, um, those, those can be a good option sometimes. And he like, just in case anyone's wondering, it's just taking the equity. It's like a line of credit. So you can draw from it, pay it back, draw from it, or mm-hmm. you could do a straight refinance or, you know, where you are completely refinancing your house, or you could do a second where it's just, you take all of it. Mm-hmm. HELOC is just where you, you know, use it, pay it up, pay it back, use it, pay it back. Mm-hmm. Interest rates aren't great right now. Right. So take into consider that, but, or take into consideration. Right. Um, but having said that, you know, let's say you got a HELOC for even seven and a half percent. I have no idea what rates are in that mm-hmm. scenario, but that's probably still better than 50% with a partner. Right. Right. So, or yeah, considering, you know, yeah. Considering that's, you know, 7% for, for a year, you know, to hold that money for a year. Now, a lot of these deals you're, you're making, you know, you could be doubling your money in 60 days. So right. that's, that, that's yeah. 7% or 9%, 12%, even whatever it is, it's, it's going to be inconsequential. Right. So. And if you buy it right, the theory that we hope you follow is that even if you didn't make a bunch, you're going to make something, right? Mm-hmm. It would wake more than cover the um, interest. And even if you had to sell it at what you bought it for. Mm-hmm. I see I'm the negative. I have to like, I, I have to play the devil's advocate. Like all these questions people are probably thinking, but you know, if you're the negative I'm not going to use a name because I always, you know, vilify some poor name, but. Hey, everyone, just a quick reminder that you can join our community for free at landconquest.com. Inside, you'll get all the resources, training and support for building a thriving land flipping business. Once again, that's landconquest.com. All right. Enjoy the rest of the show. You mean Nancy? Nelly. Okay. Negative Nelly. Okay. Thankfully, I don't know any Nellies, so. Okay. Apologies, Nelly. And I wanted to touch on something because, you know, I love business credit cards and all that mm, kind of stuff. Yes. And um, I think the other thing that that people overlook is if you did have a business credit card, mm-hmm. you could use um, your credit card to pay for the mailing. Like there's a way oh, that you yes. could use credit or responsibly, please so pay it off. Great. But you could use that to pay for like what the mailing, what else? Yeah. Mailing, mailing would be a big expense. I mean, mm-hmm. you've, you're going to have recurring kind of Monthly fees, you know, probably you're going to have an answering service that you're going to want to work with. I definitely suggest that. Mm-hmm. Um, you might have uh, software and tools that you use on a regular basis. You know, a number of them uh, are, are pretty essential, I believe. And um, yeah, so some of those recurring fees, the mailing is the big one. You know, the more mail you send out, the more leads and the more potential deals you'll get. So 
having that float with like a business credit card sometimes might be very beneficial. Right. And the other thing I, the person I like about business credit cards is as long as you pay them off every month, so right. you're not, you know, getting, paying interest on them, they don't show up on your credit report. And mm. we have like pretty high, uh, most of them, I guess, check to make sure the one you do, but we have pretty high charges. Like we're spending a lot of money mm-hmm. every month. So um, it might, you know, might look strange on our credit report if it reported that there was high amounts, right? Because right. you want to keep a good credit score. Cash back or miles or points or all that kind of stuff. Um, we've gotten some great travel perks out of, you know, using business credit cards. So. Yeah. So I enjoy that. So I think it's, you can get flexible on that side of things and then you can save the actual cash for the funding. Mm-hmm. Yep. But, you know, figure out your own thing and you can go down that credit card. Rabbit hole. Yeah, exactly. On all that stuff. Um, okay. So next question is from Steven. Deal funding compensation. Okay, this actually leads into Mm. this one. Um, This is a bit uh, premature since I'm still working through my first mailing campaign, but I was able to secure funding for uh, some larger land deals. Oh, okay. It looks like he's already, okay. Uh, Should they come through the door? The funding partner is asking what I believe is a fair compensation for my efforts. I was thinking a percentage of the equity or a flat rate per deal, but wasn't entirely sure and wanted to toss the question to the community. Does anyone have other ideas for getting paid when dealing with funding partners? For context, my role would be find the deal, work the lead, review the due diligence, and pass along the property for the funder's review to ultimately have him sell at his request. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, so that's, that's, I guess, one way to do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Basically, in this business, um, the most typical structure that you'll see, and I think this is the best win-win scenario. Obviously, there's a million different ways to do things. You can be creative and figure out something on your own, but... This is the most typical way things are done. A land investor will be doing the mailing, generating the leads, locking up a deal, um, and then bring in a money partner to actually fund the deal. So the money partner then sends all the money to close the transaction. The deed will go in the money partner's name. But there's a marketing agreement that's done between those two parties that basically specifies that the investor is responsible for handling the marketing side of things. Generally managing it through an agent is generally the best practice, we we think. And then at the end of the day, the profits get split 50-50. So the money partner gets their initial investment back after it's sold, and then whatever profits left gets split between the two parties. Okay, and that doesn't include like the mailing costs or anything like that. No. It's literally just looking at the actual property. Actual property. Okay. Yeah, and if you decide together that you are going to invest something into the property to improve its value in some way, then that will be, you know, taken against the profits basically. Okay. So so normally that's again, like when you funds it, but you get that back. Uh, Yeah. yeah. Well, like, uh, you know, that can be done different ways, you know, say for instance, you know, generally um, the money partner would be willing to put up that additional funds. If you agree that you're going to spend $5,000 in clearing costs on, on the property or something like that then that would be just an additional amount that he gets reimbursed or she gets reimbursed. And then the profits get split from there, whatever's left. Okay. So, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, were there more questions as part of that? I mean, I think that the reality is that you can do this so many different ways. Right. You know, what's comfortable for both parties, what mm-hmm. makes sense for both parties. And maybe some people are looking for other places to keep their money than a CD or, or even in stock market. And they might be interested in doing a line of credit for you with, you know. Exactly. Sir, yeah. You know? I, I know other land investors that have, you know, family members or friends or, you know, people that they've met that are, you know, just happy getting, you know, say a 12% guaranteed on their money. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of like your, that would be kind of like your line of credit to use for funding your own deals then. But if you don't have somebody like that, because that would be great. That would, if I, if you have access to that 
mm-hmm. they understand. I mean, this is, you know, nothing's guaranteed. Right. So if you're comfortable with that and you guys can come to that, to me, that would be the ideal. Mm-hmm. That's the, you know, but that's not, you know, something that everybody can have. So. Right. It's very common to have these money partners. Mm-hmm. Well, especially if you get really far into the business, and you've got a great track record going. It might be easier for you to find situations like that. Right. Outside of your family or friends or mm-hmm. something. Right. Okay. That's cool. Uh, the other thing we forgot to do is everyone always asks, like, where do you film these? Where are we? Oh, where are we? We are in our studio. Boy, in- that was deep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you went a little more specific. Yeah. Uh, the address or no? No, San Diego, I think is good. Yeah. yeah. We're in San Diego. It's rainy outside, which is kind of cool. We don't normally get weather like that. But yeah, we just have this like set up in our, in your office. In my office. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it looks kind of cool on the screen. I think the other side does not look so cool, but it's all my stuff and cameras and things. Mm -hmm. We've got three cameras going, two lights, soundboard. Yeah. Yeah. It was funny that we've had a couple where now, because we just do Zoom, like if we have to do a Zoom call, we just do it here because it's all set up and be like, whoa, what is. It's shocking. Yeah. Like what? Whoa. yeah, my Zoom space doesn't look like this. We're like, yeah, well, we've got it sitting here, so yes. we might as well use it. Okay, let's get another question. Okay. Um, let's see here. This is from Bill. Initial direct mail volume. Mm. Pete, I'm sure that DM can be scaled. And please, DM. Direct mail. Because every time I read this, I'm thinking he's talking about a, a direct message. I'm like, Pete, I don't know the direct message. But okay. I'm sure that direct mail can be scaled based on available capital. But when, uh, but when you begin land flipping, what was your initial direct mail volume? You mentioned in one of your videos that you made a mistake in that initial letter that was sent out. What did you do wrong and how did you fix it? So I want, I'm going to break this down for okay. you. What was the first one we sent out? How much? 10,000 letters. And how much like money-wise? I think that was about 5500 or $6,000. And the higher the volume, the better the price. Exactly. Okay. And then it flopped. It flopped, yes. Uh, yeah, we didn't buy any properties from, from that initial mailer. So that to me was a flop. Okay. But but in but in hindsight, it wasn't a flop because no. it was a good learning experience for me. Right. And I learned that lesson really quickly. So I didn't repeat it again. Right. And I think that that's why I was like, start small, because you like you learn so much from that. And mm-hmm. I feel like if that hadn't happened, we wouldn't be where we are today. Exactly. Yeah. OK, so what was the mistake? OK, well, th- yeah. So dun, I'll dun, talk dun, about dun. that. Yeah. <laughs> so everyone else doesn't have to mm-hmm. go through that same mistake. So I had purchased a training program from um, another company out there. And it was great. I did well with it. But kind of the advice that was being thrown out there at the time was to, to like kind of look at the hottest counties and hottest areas and, and mail to those and offer, you know, an amount, you know, 20 to 30 percent of, you know, expected retail price. Mm-hmm. So I kind of did the double whammy. I found the hottest counties in the in the country at that time. And there were some really hot ones at the time. So really hot, hottest counties in the country. So I selected those as my areas that I was going to mail to. And then I also offered them 20% of retail value, which is very low. I mean, especially that went over well, (laughs) get a lot of angry people (laughs) responding back. But bottom line is we didn't get any deals. We got some people responding back with mostly really junky properties. There was, I remember one of the properties was 10 acres maybe, and maybe nine of it was under those giant high you know, power transmission lines. So it was all cleared out and so everything. So not really buildable then? No, or? there really wasn't much you could do with it. And if there was that little slice that you could build a home on next to those transmission lines, you'd have these huge transmission right. lines. And very few people want to live under transmission right. lines. And there was yeah. another property I remember that was entirely underwater. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I think it, at one point, maybe it wasn't underwater, <laughs> but when they kind of parceled it out. Right. 
but it was entirely underwater. And I remember talking to people about, it and they said, "Hey, you can do an oyster farm there." <laughs> the vegan oyster <laughs> farm. Ma- yeah, maybe you could. I don't know, but I didn't. I didn't <laughs> want to get into that for my fir- very first. Right, deal. and that's the thing is, if you're gonna get like, there's nothing wrong with doing those, uh-huh. but you have to be, you have to have special knowledge, and you would have had to dedicate a bunch of time. How do I do? You know, right. and for us, that wouldn't be like right. We're not going to be oyster farmers. I felt like I didn't want to get into like some sort of weird situation with with the first deal. I wanted an easy one. Right. Well, our goal was to buy properties, sell them, flip them, whatever. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it wasn't to learn oyster right. so, farming shells. So yeah. two big problems on that first one: milled the hottest counties offered too low. Okay. So in those hot counties, if you're going to be competitive, you need to probably be at close to fifty percent. Right. Or maybe even more. I mean, who right. like you need to, but that's why you would kind of test it out and see. Mm-hmm. So what did you learn and what do we do not do anymore because of that lesson? Well, I, I mean, I learned that those hottest counties are probably not an area I want to be dealing with in, in at least initially. Uh, and then I had to adjust my offer price to get better response rate. So I picked less, I, I picked counties that for our next one that had activity, had good activity, not crazy activity. And then I also, you know, adjusted my offer price. I think I went up to 35% or something like that in those counties. And then that started producing results. Okay. Are you ready for the next one? I'm ready. Okay. This one comes from Ivan. He says, the waiting game. Okay. Dot, dot, dot. Okay. Pete Reese, after you sent out your first mailer, how did you deal with the idle time? Hmm. I don't think he's looking for a hobby. I think he's, (laughs) I mean, maybe we could give him some hobbies. Okay, sure. Go to the casino. No, I don't go to the casino. <laughs> I used to work at a bank and like um, that was people would come in and get like cash checks for hundreds. I wanted to be like, Friday. Yeah. Are you going yeah. to the casino? But I thought that was a little inappropriate to ask. Many of them were. Yeah, I know. That's probably the. <laughs> yeah. OK, so how to deal with your idle time. This is an interesting question to me because mm-hmm. I remember when I first started, I asked a very similar question in uh, one of the land flipping groups on Facebook or something like that. And I was kind of wondering the same, like, all right, I sent out all this mail. It's probably going to take about two weeks until you start getting the responses because these are standard class mail. It's not first class. So it takes a little while to get through the system and and start hitting the mailboxes. So I was thinking the same thing. And, um, you know, so there are some things that you can do to kind of prepare your, your business for those incoming leads, like set up some sort of system in order to track those leads. Initially, you could probably get away with just using a Google sheet or something like that. So you set up some sort of system, like when people call, how are you going to respond to them? Uh, the other thing that I would really double down in on is learning how to evaluate properties. So when these deals come in, you know, make sure that you have kind of a system in place in order to evaluate these properties and determine if it's a good deal or not. So th- those would be my uh, two biggest recommendations. It's going to take you, a, you know, it's going to take you a while to become a, an absolute expert in evaluating properties, but it's best to start that ASAP so you can, you know, start getting your reps in. Basically. Right. I think this question comes from, it's kind of like, I'd be antsy. Mm, yes. Like to me, it's kind of like, okay, now like I'm, you know, refreshing my email inbox or checking my call. You know what I mean? Like, so how can you use this time when you're, you're kind of you know, just sitting and waiting. Amped up and ready to go. Exactly. And just waiting. Yes. Right. Yeah, exactly. So how do you use it to further your business? And I like, you know, planning your next mailing, right? Oh, yes. Planning your next mailing. That's a really good one. I think that's what you normally do. It's funny you didn't right. mention it, but well, that's what yes. you do. Yeah. That's one of the, the most important aspects of this business is getting the mail out on a regular schedule. Mm-hmm. And if you get mail out, this is what most investors do, or many investors, I should say. 
they send out a batch of mail. They get really busy when the phone starts ringing, dealing with all these leads that come again. The leads eventually start trailing off, and then they realize, oh no, I should get some more mail put together. It takes them a while to put together their list and everything, then they get it out. And then there's this continuous you know, roller coaster, mm-hmm. continuous. So the only way to really avoid that is to be very, very regimented about sending out your mail. And we did this really from, from the start. We had a, as we talked about before, we had a month that we took off one time because we went on a trip. Mistake. Dumb, you okay. know, but the thing is you need to set a schedule. Generally, I mean, we're sending out mail every two weeks. Are you looking to scale your land flipping business quickly? Well, we're happy to present our new cutting edge system built specifically for land flippers. Take a look at the Land Conquest business system today and you'll gain full access to a customizable pre-made website, CRM, dedicated phone numbers, text automations, 24-7 support, and more. It's basically a business in the box. Go to software.landconquest.com to learn more. So whatever, you know, I would plan out how much mail you're going to send per month, divide it into two batches and kind of do that in the first and 15th. And I think that's a really good way to do it. Yeah, I think I think that works especially well because you just are too busy dealing with the leads coming in to stop and be like, and you don't want to, you know, there's quality of life too. You don't want to have to be planning for the next batch while you're working on the ones that are coming in. And then you're, you know, exhausting yourself because you fire up like all night, you know? So I think that's, you think of it as like your time to get ahead. You know, prepare for, it's always feast or famine and prepare for each during that time. Okay. Did I forget anything else that you should do then? No, those were good. Okay. Let's answer another one here. This is from Kushal. Finding investor-friendly realtors. This is like really important, I think. Um, Hi, all. As I scale my business uh, into new markets, I'm finding it challenging to identify realtors who are willing to give an opinion on the value of a lot at the time of acquisition. I'm trying to stay in areas that have plenty of comps so that I am less reliant on a realtor. But there are situations when I made a confirmation or where I need a confirmation of market value. I explained my business model and the incentive for both parties, but many don't respond or refuse to help out. Any suggestions on resolving this bottleneck? Okay, really, really good question. Mm -hmm. As I've talked about numerous times, having a local land broker, land agent, land specialist working with us on, on uh, on these purchases and sales is a big part of our system. You know, if you're going to be buying and selling properties all over the country, you're really going to need to develop these relationships in order to be as successful as possible. So the issue that he ran into is that he's not getting calls back and not a lot of responses. And maybe it's the way it's being presented, or maybe it's them just filtering themselves out. I'll start with the ladder. Right, right. <laughs> I'll start with the ladder. Mm-hmm. First of all, you're going to be w- wanting to work with the top people in a particular area. So how do you find them? Well, yes, uh, I'll go into that. But uh, the the one thing that <laughs> that is unfortunate in the real estate business, and I know this is the same with any sort of business, there are people at the top of their game. There are people at the absolute bottom of the game that put in the very least amount of effort that they can just to kind of skate by. Mm-hmm. And everyone's got their own thing in life. Maybe that's just not their priority. Maybe they just want to do a deal or uh, list a property here and there, whatever their thing is. But you want the people that are hungry for the business, that want the listings, that are excited about what they're doing, have actually established a good system for selling their properties. Yeah, you want to be working with those people. If someone doesn't call you back. They're not one of those people. Yeah, they're not going to call mm-hmm. any potential buyers back either. Right. So, And that's and what you said was kind of their, their weeding themselves out. That's not the term you use. But the reality is that if they're not calling you back, they will not return a, a buyer's agent or a buyer. 
Exactly. They just yeah. won't. And I know things come up and, and life is such that that happens. But if they haven't called you and said, oh, my goodness, you know, eventually, like I, I'm normally like on the ball, like, whatever I was doing X, Y, Z, and it makes sense. Right. And they're like someone that you've identified as the top of the market. Then maybe you're like, OK, but if it's, you know, just a regular you know, agent or something, it, they're telling you who they are. They're showing you, believe them. You <laughs> yeah. need someone who's going to, who's like, Hey, I love real, you know, I love land. You need someone who loves land. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. So how do you find these land lovers? Yeah. Well, <laughs> land loving real estate agents or brokers, uh, you know, there's a number of things. I mean, basically you want to look at the listings and sales in a particular area. A good way to sort of find some of these people is to go on a, a site called land watch. And kind of look in that particular county, see who's got all the listings, see who's listed as the premier agent in that area. That means that they're spending money on their marketing. Mm -hmm. And uh, generally, that gives you a good list of sort of people to call through and, and see who see who's a good match for you. The other part of that is that you want to kind of get your pitch down a little bit when you're talking to people and kind of just just write out maybe the parameters that that you're looking for and uh, and, and how they can kind of help you in the process. If you want my pitch, here's kind of what it is. Um, we look for. Do you call it? You call an agent. Yes. They and they either answer or they call you back. Yeah. And this yeah. is what you say to them. Yeah. Hey, this is Pete Reese from Real Best Properties. Um, I saw that you've got a ton of listings on Landwatch, and it looks like you're kind of the go-to person for that area. Uh, we have a real estate investment company uh, where we buy and sell land. So, and part of our process is we always use a local land agent. We try to find the top one in each area to resell the properties for us. So we pay 10% commission on all of our properties. And the other thing is that uh, the, all we ask in return is that as we're buying these properties, if you can kind of give us your opinion on what you think they're worth and what you think you can resell them for. So we're not looking to get top value out of these properties. We're not looking to get top dollar. We want to, instead, we're looking to resell these properties quickly. And I you think know. you normally add that you won't be a pain in the ass. Right. And the, I do. I say. I say in say a way. That? Well, I, was like, I say, I don't hey, know if he's this pain in the ass, but uh, I think you'll find that we're probably the easiest uh, client that you're ever going to work with. We try to do as when we find someone great to work with in a particular area. Hopefully, that's you. We try to do as many potential deals, uh, many possible deals as we can. So we want to be your best client. Right. So. And uh, the other thing too is that we supply the pictures. Mm -hmm. You hire someone to take pictures. Right. And so you're not expecting them to be like, you know, land photographers or landscape right. photographers. You give them the picture. Some of them still might like, I think you say a lot of them like to do um, drones, right? Yes. They mm -hmm. seem, it seems to be like kind of a hobby of theirs mm -hmm. or something. So probably because they need it for this exact reason. Right. Yeah. Most of, mm -hmm. most of them will actually go out to properties and do a lot of the stuff themselves. But, you know, in the purchase part of the process, we're not asking them to go out and give us their, you know, look at the property and give us their opinion before mm -hmm. we actually buy it in a lot of cases. You're so. just asking them to say, you know, is there anything that I can't tell from here that about this property? And if they're truly land experts, they might be like, oh gosh, I know exactly where that is. Sold one down the street or, and this would be a gray buy. And I think that it, we'd have no problem selling it at, you know, blah, 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 blah. Or they might turn to and be like, hey, that on paper looks great, but 
actually right. there is a hog there was a hog farm there and the you know you can still see remnants or you know the smell i can't even get closer a hog uh, lagoon a hog lagoon you know what i mean like random things like that what right. can you think of anything that an agent's told you about a property that you didn't know I oh yeah yes, you like know like situations kinda... where like oh you know that's been on and off the market for for many years it hasn't sold because of this you know right. so there have been things like that that have come up and and obviously they're much better determining the value than just looking at comps on Zillow or something like right. that. But I think this is a pivotal part of our success is that we utilize experts. Right. You know, and, and people will say to us sometimes 10%, you're crazy for paying that commission. Why don't right. you, you know, you do so many deals with these people. Why don't you negotiate it down? That's completely opposite of, of my thinking. I try to view things from their perspective. They want, you know, some of these properties are not multi-million dollar properties. In fact, they're none of them are multi-million dollar properties. Mm -hmm. you know, they could be fifty thousand dollar resale price or something like that. So, from their perspective, they're going to get a commission based off of that sale price. And if you're only offering four percent commission or something like that, where they may have to split that with another agent, uh, do the math. They're not going to make a lot of money. So, you have to you have to make it worth their while. Right. And I mean, that's just kind of the right thing to do. And it, I think that that also comes from the fact that you were a while um, helping investors buy properties. Right. And I don't think, I mean, the ones that we, that you brought the most deals to were the ones that weren't nitpicking on that. Because right. if you're well compensated, you're not going to have to hustle in other places. You can work all your effort into helping them get the best properties. Right. So it's kind of like, it, it's the right thing to do. First of all, they need to earn an income, right? Um, it, it ensures it's kind of like tipping almost. It's like it ensures great service, you know, right. and also you're creating a partnership there that they know that they can depend on you not to be a pain in the butt. Right. That you will do as much as you can to help them. They're going to give back by telling you, you know, ahead of time if they know something about the property. And then also they're getting paid, you know, what they should be getting paid. Right. And I'll throw something else mm -hmm. in. As a real estate agent or broker, listings are gold. That's how the whole business works. You get the listings everything else will fall into place. If they have enough listings, they'll be able to add buyer's agents to their teams that work underneath them. Right. They will be able to present the fact that they are dealing with all these listings in the area. They'll be the go-to broker or agent in their area, which will allow them to get lots more listings. Oh yeah, and so. also that they'll build up their buyer's list, which will then benefit you because if they have all the listings, and also you're encouraging them to even dig in deeper into the that community and know better. Right. But people are gonna be like, people looking for specialty products will be like, or, or properties, I'm sorry, will be like, you know, Joe, I don't even know if we have anyone named Joe that we're working with, but Joe or Joanne knows everything about this thing. Let's let's get on their buyers list. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes before it even hits the market, they already have a buyer lined up. Yeah, that happens frequently. Right. Actually. And the reality is that we again, we're not looking for top dollar. Mm -hmm. We're not saying telling them like we want you to hold out. I, I want 50 percent over market value. Mm -hmm. You know, my property is special. No, we're like, let's keep it moving. Right. Let's get 90 um, percent of market value. Exactly. Right. And then it keeps the money. Yeah. yeah. Whatever works. I mean, if you're a buyer, we want 100 percent. But no, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, but that's it just works. So it's something really important to consider, I think. OK, yeah. that was a great question. Mills. I think that's his name or her name. Uh, where can I go to learn your process step by step? I've started going through the, uh, the reports, but where do I go if I want to learn your process? Do I wait for the, your free course? Yes. It's a free training program. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's up to you, obviously, but I am hard at work at this free training program, which will detail everything that we do in our business. Everything. I mean, so that's why it's taking so long. <laughs> There's a lot that actually goes into it. And it, 
And as soon as I get into one aspect of it, it leads to many other aspects that I realize that I need to cover. So it's up to you. Uh, obviously, uh, yes, wait, just wait. I'll just, I'll jump in here. I can tell you the story too, that when we were doing um, the other train, I'm sorry, when we were doing courses, because those mm-hmm. were courses, mm-hmm. I, we, the same exact thing happened. We were like giving, you know, not to the extent that this is going to be way more than, than even those were right. right. But anyway, so we would tell people like, you know, just it's coming, it's coming. And, and that one was actually, we were selling it. Mm-hmm. And then finally it was released and people were like, it was way worth the wait. Right. And you wrote that one too. You dug into my brain, but right. Well, you know, it was kind of like a uh, collaborative situation. I yeah, would say. but you put in most of the actual hands-on work. I answered the questions, and I'm just being truthful. I, I'm. It's not my forte. I don't. I can't handle the bigger projects, but you can. So it, I'm going to tell you, it's going to be worth the wait. It'll be soon though, because he's very much working on it. So, what do you think? Couple hours. Couple hours. Will be be right. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you wish. Couple huh? hours per video. No, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but it's going to be soon. So I think it's worth the wait. And then, um, but if you're waiting for that, yeah, do all the income reports, join the community, read all of that. Um, and then the other thing too, is that you have a plethora of oh, like your dad, word. your dad would be very proud of right. me for using yes. that word um, of interviews that you've done. Yeah. You know what? We counted them up yesterday. Been on 48 podcasts. over the last last few months yeah (laughs) and i've contributed zero and i'm booked on 22 more and there's about 12 others that were just (laughs) trying to work at it that time so keeping you busy right keeping me busy um, yeah i so love it go through and do is there a way that we can that they can watch all of those yeah i created a playlist on youtube so if you go to our youtube channel um, turning profit at turning profit mm-hmm. you'll see that there's a playlist on there in the channel main page where you can kind of go through them all so i mean i think that's another great place because i listen to them and you drop a lot of interesting nuggets along okay. the way so that would be another thing to do okay okay anyways um moving along let's see here this is from Marcelo. Earnest money deposit for contracts. Hmm. Uh, hey, Pete, I noticed your land contract doesn't have a section where you input earnest money deposit. First of all, do you share your? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know what? I have shared it and I'm going to be posting that in the community as well. Okay. So if you want to see the the actual contract we're you know, using. Yeah. The letter we're sending out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. It'll be posted there. Yep. A letter and purchase agreement. Yes. Okay, cool. Um, do you, uh, lock up these lots without giving escrow company or the attorney a deposit? Uh, what do you do when a seller asks or wants you to provide a deposit to escrow company? I ask because in all of my land deals, the seller has always wanted me to put down earnest money before closing. Thanks so much. Don't answer yet. So I think that a lot of us are used to buying, (laughs) you know, you're scared to say anything. (laughs) A lot of us are used to buying houses, right? And when you make an offer, you put a deposit down, it goes into escrow, right? Okay, but that's, I don't let it talk yet. No, no, but that's lands. That's actually state specific too. Mm-hmm. So just because, and also it's it's different when you're doing. It literally is because of the contract for most of the time, right? right. It's not, or there's some states that require it. Right. Go ahead. Okay, so this purchase agreement that we use uh, does not have an earnest money deposit built in there. Ninety nine percent of the deals we do do not ever end up. Uh, in a situation where where we have to send an earnest money deposit in. I looked it up. It's twice we've done it. Okay. Right. And it was because of states, State, right? Yeah, certain okay. states, it's tough to get around. So uh, if you're doing a lot in those certain states, and, you know, I, I don't have a list of them off the top of my head, but, mm-hmm. you know, California might be tough to get away with without it, and New York is another one where it's kind of tough to get away without it. But regardless, if you're dealing in certain states that require it, you're probably going to have to do it. But in most cases, most of these other states, you can get away without doing an earnest money deposit and it won't even be brought up you know m- most of these sellers you're you're not going to they're not going to be you know saying hey where's your earnest money deposit they're they're just looking for you to buy it as quickly as possible 
And that's your that's what you're offering them. You're offering them a quick close and cash. So you're going to be just sending the whole money uh, to close when it's when the title and, and all your due diligence is done and ready to go. So you might run into a savvy seller here and there that will be asking for that. And then you just have to evaluate that on a case by case basis. If it's a good deal, then, you know, why not negotiate some sort of or somebody deposit? You can in that purchase agreement, there's a pretty much an out until the very end in order to evaluate everything. So your deposit, your earnest money deposit shouldn't be at risk as long as you're communicating with, with all sides. Yeah. And we're not talking, you know, $20,000 or something, you know what yeah, I mean? It's offer, like, offer something, a token, mm-hmm, you know, 100, 100, 500 bucks of it, yeah. you know, something just to let them know that you're serious. And if it comes the down to it, they're just looking to make sure you're legit. Right. And a scammer isn't going to go. Well, I mean, normally scammers won't go and put any money in. Right. Their thing is to just steal the property. Right. And you said that you said the thing about most sellers won't even realize to do it. It's not like taking advantage of them or anything. It's just that they're viewing this as almost kind of like a car. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. going through escrow. And that's the other thing, too, is that we do all of ours through escrow. Buys yeah, and sells. escrow, attorney, attorney title company. Right. Depending you know, on whatever. the state. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's protection for them and for you. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times if if someone does mention it, it's because they're worried. They just want to make sure it's legit. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, too, is that these close so quick that, that it's just not even a lot of time. Right. And sometimes you'll have a situation in some of these states where some of these title companies or attorneys or someone may be skeptical of land investors. and you know, they may be pushing for something like that on their end. Do you have a great deal under contract? Well, submit it to partnerwithpete.com. The Partner with Pete program is a deal funding program where we will actually use our funds to complete the purchase of the property. We will do every other step of the process, including the due diligence, the transaction side, the marketing side, and the transaction on the resale side. And when all the dust settles, We will split the profits 50-50. There is no downside for you as an investor, only upside. So once again, go to partnerwithpete.com, submit your deal there, and let's get it funded. So you want to make sure that you're working with the right people too, because the wrong attorney, title company, escrow company can really make your life hell. We really should just do a whole episode on that because there's a a lot to say there. And the right ones can make it great. Right. So. And it's just about finding the right people on your team. Right. Every step of the way, if you've noticed that we've talked about it, like agents, even the right tools, you know, it's all about just building up that team. That's another reason Mm -hmm. to join our community, because you can ask, hey, who's got a great contact in Wyoming or wherever you're, you know, dealing with Wyoming. Okay. (laughs) Oh, no. Making people get all choked up about (laughs) Wyoming. Choked up about it. (laughs) Okay. Join the community. Uh, Okay. Let's see here. This is this one's funny to me. I remember reading this when you sent it over. It's from Steve. It says. Focus, Steve T, and okay. exclamation points. And then again, focus, Steve T. I'm trying to decide this morning if I should send out my first mailer or if I should repaint my small fence or invite some friends over for breakfast. I know, first world problems. It's funny how we hear our internal dialogue and make decisions. Thanks, Turning Profit, for reminding me of what I needed to hear today. Keep up the motivation and daily dialogue on the land flipping group making myself accountable and opening up the site every day to keep me on the path. I heard somewhere that you need five friends in your area that are doing deals consistently to make um, you change. I'm here to change and you are de facto my five friends. Let's go. Okay, Steve, (laughs) I like it. Steve T. Very cool stuff. To answer your question, send out the mail. Yeah, I know. Don't paint the fence and don't invite your friends over. Wait, I have 
have an idea. Invite your friends over to help you paint the fence after you guys work together to send the mailer out. Okay. Well, teamwork I guess makes that, the dream work. Okay, I guess that could work <laughs> if they if they know what they're doing, but uh, <laughs> they might be poor quality painting too. So yeah, you get what you pay for, right? Right. Uh, so yes. So one thing I want to cover, like that, that's a that's a pretty cool post, post that I wanted to highlight because. In this business, especially to get it off the ground, you're going to need to focus. You're mm-hmm. going to ha- you're going to need to have a period of intense focus to learn the business model, learn all the steps that you need to put in place, learn how to evaluate properties, and ultimately by doing that, kind of setting up all the pieces and learning what you need to learn in order to make this business work, you could set yourself in a, in a your life in a direction that you know could be more than you ever dreamed, but. You know, so, but focus is very important and it's about being uncomfortable sometimes too. Anytime you're starting something new, it's going to be uncomfortable. You don't know how things work. You don't know what you don't know. Exactly. Any, I mean, yeah, I think back to any, any things that I'm proud of what I accomplished has always started with being uncomfortable at first. Remember our first baby? Bringing her (laughs) home? Remember our first date? Our first date? I'm just joking. (laughs) I was like, what? No, I barely do remember it. You know what I mean? Like even like having kids, it's right, un- right? and then you like get into the swing of it. That's right. What's your option? Not to take care of you, you know, figure like, it out. Right. You know, you get through that period of of, mm-hmm. of crap, you know, to get through to the good stuff. And the literally thing, with the kids too. Yeah, no, right. <laughs> the other thing I like about that is, or that I think about all the time, is that if this was easy, everyone would do it. Right. And. You, you know, we don't need everybody doing it. Right. Just a lot of people doing it. Right. You know, and it's also normal to have those periods of like extreme uh, motivation and then some valleys a little bit mm-hmm. when you may get frustrated with some certain aspect. And I've always found at least this works for me. Like when I, I get super enthusiastic, I learn everything I can, then and I may have a little bit of a dip in motivation or get sidetracked I think it's when way. you're processing all that. You've right. so much stuff that your brain's like. You got you to gotta take a step mm-hmm. back, you know, do something completely different, get a good night's sleep, and you'll be amazed at how refocused you are in the morning. I think it's funny you say get a good, get a good night's sleep because that's very true. But we also know, I mean, we're 23 years into having kids and like. It's tough. Yeah. yeah. So if you've got little kids, it sucks to be you, but you'll get it eventually. But yes. I think that that understanding yourself and understanding your, I mean, this is even outside of that, but understanding your rhythm, right? Mm-hmm. So like I was never a morning person, but I've become a morning person. So, and I think that's pivotal to a lot of things and getting a system in place. You know that at, you know, 10, 11 o'clock at night, you're, you are not I'm a shot. night person. Right. So like, why would you force yourself to do the most pivotal parts, like where you need the most brain power at 10 right. PM? That would make absolutely no sense. And then you'd get frustrated because you're not going to be giving enough. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're going to be mad at yourself because you are not capable of, peak performance so what are your peak times morning right well i'll at 4 50 every morning i get mm-hmm. up and then i go to the gym and then i come back eat breakfast and then right after then that's like that's my go time that's when i'm super super productive i eat lunch then and then the afternoon times i'm less productive less you know i try my best sometimes and, mm-hmm. and a lot of times that's when i'll do podcast interviews or creating videos <laughs> or something like that well that's just i funny. mean that's easy for me to do at that <laughs> point joking, but it's right? hard for me to focus on some other like higher level tasks at that right point. and you f- realize that that's that actually probably is actually your peak time for that mm, yes you know because that's where you're more into like conversation phase right. yes exactly so, and if you were doing a podcast early in the morning 
internal, you'd be like, I have all these things I want to get done. Yeah, I know. I'd be thinking about everything I've got right. to do. Yeah. So I think that that's recognizing that. And so even what he, what he just said was, or um, Steve, was it Steve T? Steve T. Yeah. Yes. When he was talking about, should I do this? Should I do that? If he's being fully drawn to having breakfast with friends and he's going to get energy and fulfillment, he should go have breakfast. Mm. As long as he has already set up a time when he is going to get that mail out. Right. Like I know that at maybe he's a 10 p.m. guy. Right. At 10 p.m. he's going to get that scheduled. Then that would be the smart thing to do. Because again, he would probably be thinking about the mailer. If you good know point. what I mean. Yes. Good point. But understanding how you work is super important. And then the second thing is your systemization. So your schedule. Mm-hmm. So it's not just about saying, oh, peak performance this time. It's like, okay, well then you need to schedule exactly what you're going to do during that time. Right. And yes. under and not just understand it, but then do it. Right. You know, and then the fulfillment cycle continues. But the most important thing in this business, and I wonder if you'll agree, but my thinking is that getting the mail out. Mm, yes. Aside yeah. from anything else. You do that part on a regular basis, consistent basis. You'll be amazed how it takes care of everything. Well, because if people are calling you, you're going to have to you've take got, care of you've it, got right? deals. And if you don't have mm-hmm. the money to, to buy every one of these deals, believe me, if there's a deal, there's a there's a money partner and at least you'll make half rather than the full thing. So right. don't let the the money be a constraint on that side either. Okay. Um, we have a bunch more questions, but unfortunately um, we only have a couple more minutes. I want to, I want to keep these not too long. So sure. I want to finish the next questions in the next set, but since okay. I do have two minutes, I'm not letting you go yet. Okay. These are super quick. Okay. okay. Two things I want to do. Everyone always asks, what's like your favorite book, mm. you know, or, and it does, I, a lot of people ask like, what, what are you reading right now? I'm not reading anything right now. And by reading, I mean like listening or anything. I'm big right. in a podcast. So, but right now, what would be a book that you've read at some point or listened to? Okay, I've got a good one. And okay. it actually ties into that last question about time blocking and getting some really big things accomplished. The book is called The 12-Week Year. So basically, it's condensing a year's worth of work into 12 weeks. And it's about time blocking, but there's a system to time blocking in a way that you can take some really big projects and some really big things that you want to get done and get them accomplished very, very quickly. So I think it's an, an amazing tie-in to kind of getting a land investing business off the ground, because if you follow those concepts in that book, you know, you might set yourself up for life. Right, so. and it's not that we're saying you should only work 12, but the, the actual information in that will yeah, help you. 12, yeah, the 12-week year. So basically, you're gonna be getting, you're, you're gonna be getting four years into one. Okay, so. and mine is um, Who Moved My Cheese? I always talk mm, about that yes. book. It's just staying ahead of the curve looking at what's happening, especially in real estate, you just never know. Yep. Maybe you need to drop your prices because things are, raise your prices because prices are going up. Yeah. Okay, and then the absolute last thing is I want you to give me one example of a tool that you use in business that, or that you've learned in business in general that has helped you with land flipping. One of my favorite things that we use is called MapRite. It's a tool where we can look up, you know, anything about a parcel from, you know, wherever we're at, basically. So, it would be very tough to do this business without that tool or a very similar one. Okay, cool. Well, I have um, more, but I'm going to add those to the tail end of the next set of okay. questions. So part two coming soon? Yeah, part two next week. Thanks for joining us. Yes. Check out the community. Where is that? Yes, link under this video if you're watching it on YouTube. And what's it called for people who aren't watching it on the it's video? It's the land flipping community. We've got a new name coming up. That's Okay, where can they find it? Turningprofit.com? Yeah, turningprofit.com. You'll find a link there. I was leading him there, but guys, folks, this was hard. Okay, (laughs) we'll see you in just a minute. Okay. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. And if you're ready to start Turning Profit yourself, visit our website at turningprofit.com. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please help spread the word by sharing it with a friend. See you on the next episode.